Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, welcome to my podcast. I'm so grateful that you have taken time out of your busy day to listen. I hope this podcast inspires you. I hope it challenges you. I hope it equips you for your spiritual journey. So today's topic is one that I bet many of you can relate to, worldly possessions. We're going to talk about having too many worldly possessions. So to get started, think about the stuff that surrounds you, all of the things that are in your home, the things that take up space in your kitchen, your den, your office, your closets, your garage, your attic, all of the things that surround you. Do you ever feel overwhelmed because the closets, the attic, and the garage are packed full of items? Do you ever feel unorganized because there's so much stuff that your life feels chaotic? Or maybe you feel like the stuff is closing in on you. Here are some interesting facts that I learned as I was researching this podcast. Almost 40% of Americans have a rented storage unit. 40%. That's a huge percentage. 54% of Gen Xers Those born between 1965 and 1984 have a storage unit. 51% of baby boomers have storage units. I thought those facts were amazing. Here are the top three reasons that I found in my research that people pay for storage units. Number one, to store items temporarily during a move, building a house, or even a house remodel. Number two, downsizing. They're going to a smaller house and don't want to let go of their possessions, so they need more storage space. And number three, houses are simply bursting at the seams. We live in an age where people have more clothes, more shoes, more tools. Kids have more toys. We have more kitchen utensils than ever before. And families simply run out of storage at home. They're unable to let stuff go, so they store items in a storage unit. We live in a world where things are easily accessible. There seems to be a Target, Walmart, or Costco within an easy drive. These stores are very smart. They know their marketing. They grab you as you walk in so that you will shop impulsively. Let's be honest here. How many times have you walked into Costco and found something not 10 feet into the store that you just have to buy, yet that item wasn't even on your radar when you pulled into the parking lot? 
You feel the need to buy it because it is perfect for your life, looks good, and of course, it is a great bargain. That desire for instant gratification, that impulse buy kicks in and you make the purchase. This isn't a problem, especially if you need it and if it's something that you use. Maybe it's something you've been looking for. It might bring joy or ease to your life. But if we're honest, how many of those things have you bought on impulse and are now pushed to the back of the closet or hidden in the back of the pantry? Hey, friends, I'm guilty too. We have a stuff problem in our society. We are living in the age of abundance. You simply have to go to Amazon. Doesn't matter what you're looking for, what time of day it is. You can usually find what you need in the moment on Amazon. It's called instant gratification. If it's not going to be delivered in a couple of days, we tend to get upset. We don't want to wait more than a day or two to have our package delivered. And how excited do you get if it can be delivered on the same day? We also have things like HGTV, Pinterest, TikTok, different social medias, with influencers telling you how to dress, how to decorate your home, how to prepare meals and how to serve them. These things leave you wanting to buy items like them, the dress, the shoes, whatever. So you easily fall into wanting it all. And the way to solve that problem is by buying it. And so all of these influencers want to send you to their shop or to tell you exactly how to buy it. James Wallman is the author of the book, Stuffication, Living More with Less. He says the problem, which he calls stuffication, is the material version of the obesity epidemic. Since obesity is one of the most worrying problems we face as individuals and as a society, saying that stuffication is similar is quite a statement. When does too much stuff become a problem? Well, when stuff becomes your idol. When you place accumulating things before your relationship with God. It's that simple. That's a good way to test it. When you focus on working more so that you can buy more things. When you find yourself going into debt to buy things that you think will make you happy. Or when you think that your clothes, furnishings, toys, not only toys for kids, but adults have toys too. They need the latest, the greatest, um, the best thing out there. And you want those things to be perfect, to get the approval of others, or to feel good about yourself. Then that's how you know it's a problem. Now, God wants us to have nice things. It's not the nice things that are a sin or the problem. It's when we place those things on a pedestal as our benchmark of being worthy, when those are the things that we strive for rather than trying to live a humble Christian life. In Matthew, we read, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. I've recently gotten a first-hand look at stuff. Over the past year, we have been cleaning out my mother-in-law's house. Once we realized that she was no longer to stay at home due to her health, 
we began the task of cleaning out 50 plus years of possessions. She and her husband bought the house in the early 60s. The house was full from the garage to the attic to the overflowing closets. Gary and I went through each room, closet by closet, drawer by drawer, to sort through her possessions. I'm not going to lie. It was difficult trying to decide what to keep and what to let go of. We knew that it was impossible to keep everything. There was so much to sort through. We tried to view it from her perspective and what might be important for her to pass down to her children and grandchildren. For Gary, as we were cleaning things out, it was often a walk down memory lane as he uncovered treasures from his past. At first, he had a really hard time letting go. He wanted to hold on to things because they reminded him of his past, growing up, things that brought him joy or reminded him of his parents, which are both deceased. But what he quickly realized in the process was that he still has a heart full of memories The material possessions weren't needed for him to remember his past, to remember his childhood or his parents, or to be grateful for all of those things. In fact, the more we began going through rooms and we saw the items piling up, it was overwhelming to think about keeping it all. Where would it go? How would we keep it? We already have a house full of our own possessions. How would we merge the two together? So Gary and I talked about it at length, and he decided to keep the things that we will use at our house or the things that have significant meanings to him. Here are some things we kept. A crystal bowl and a silver pitcher to pull out for special occasions. He kept the family crest and a few pieces of artwork that are hanging on our walls. We kept three quilts so that each of our sons could one day have a quilt from the Gwen side of the family. We kept a few cookbooks because my mother-in-law was the best cook. She had some of the most amazing recipes. So our sons will each get one of her cookbooks with some of her special recipes from their childhood. We also repurposed the dining room buffet to use in our home office. We were very deliberate about what we kept so that we didn't fill our closets and attics with stuff that would one day have to be gone through again. We wanted to make sure that there was a reason for the items and that there were things that we could really use. What we really wanted to avoid was clutter. Did you know that clutter causes stress? According to Psychology Today, clutter causes stress in part because of its excessive visual stimuli. It also signals to our brains that our work is never done and creates guilt, anxiety, and the feeling of being overwhelmed. Can you relate, my friends? I coach women all the time who feel like they are on this hamster wheel of a never-ending to-do list. They go to bed feeling like a failure because they haven't done enough, even though they've worked hard all day. They tend to feel like their house is never clean or organized, and then they beat themselves up for it. They can't get organized because they are constantly battling the overflowing closets, the scattered toys, and trying to manage too many material items, yet they keep buying. They keep thinking that, Buying more things will be the answer to the problem. 
They postpone relaxing or simply being present in their life because there's always something to clean, organize, put away, or fix in their house. Can you relate to this? I know I have certainly been on this hamster wheel before. Having too much stuff makes you feel overwhelmed, guilty, frustrated, unworthy, and embarrassed. That's a lot of emotions that can be connected to having too much stuff. So the material items that you surround yourself with truly matter. As we wrapped up my mother-in-law's house, my parents decided to downsize. So for the past few months, they have been cleaning out their house and getting rid of things. Even though they are the ones who are actively sorting things, it is still difficult for them to let go. And as a daughter, it's hard for me to watch them go through this process. Like at my mother-in-law's, there are so many things that I want to keep and hold on to. I have to remind myself that those are just things. Letting them go doesn't mean that I'm giving away memories in the process. Let's talk about memories for just a second. Our memories belong to us. They are solely ours. A memory is a thought or a belief that we have about an event, a person, or a situation in our past. We each have our own memories. That's why it's interesting when you get together with families and you're reminiscing about a vacation or something that happened in the past, and people have completely different stories about what happened. And that's because the way that they perceived it, the way that they remember it, their thoughts about it could be completely different than yours. It doesn't mean one's right or wrong, but memories are based on what you think about a situation in the past. An object might remind us of a personal memory that we have, which then creates the feeling. For example, I have a beautiful quilt that my grandmother made. She made a cathedral window quilt for each one of my sisters and I. That quilt reminds me of my grandmother sitting in her green chair sewing. I can remember clearly her sitting there and all of the intricate work that she was putting into sewing all of the pieces together. And then I can remember how proud she was of the finished quilt. I was so grateful and honored to receive the quilt knowing how special it was to her. That quilt reminds me of my grandmother and my heart is filled with love. But here's the thing. It's my thought about the quilt. It's my, the, my thought, my memory about my grandmother sewing the quilt that fills my heart with love. If I hand that quilt down to one of my children, they will have a nice, beautiful quilt from Nana, but they don't have the same memory or appreciate the quilt like I do. So the, the object, the possession itself is not what stirs up the, the feeling. It's the memory that you might have about it. There is nothing wrong with this. It's just a reminder that we easily connect our emotions to our stuff. Our emotions are not connected to our stuff. It's the memories that are connected to our emotions. Here's another example. As my parents sell their house, they're going to move in with us for a few months as they decide what to buy next. So in order to prepare for them, Gary and I have also been going through closets and pulling things out of the attic to make room for their stuff. 
Can you understand why the title of this podcast is Too Much Stuff? As we were cleaning just last night, Gary pulled a box out of the attic. It was labeled Jenny's Trophies. It was very obvious that this box had been in the very back of the attic for a while. The tables all yellowed and cracked from being in the heat and cold too long. As I opened the box, I discovered sports trophies from junior high. My mom had lovingly wrapped each one of them and placed them in the box. The paper around the trophies was dated 1996. That's how long they had been wrapped up and moved from attic to attic. Now, the trophies are from the mid-80s. I set all the trophies up, took some pictures of them, and sent them to our family group text. And it was worth a few laughs and a few smart aleck comments. When that was over, I began to gather the trophies and throw them back in the box with the paper and intended to pull them to the trash pile. Gary stopped me. He didn't think I should throw the trophies away. He felt like I should pack them back up and keep them because they were special to me. Why, I kept asking him. The trophies were fun to look at, and they reminded me of lots of great times playing sports. They reminded me of some of the great coaches I had and how much fun I had with my teammates. But why do I need those trophies in my life right now? I can still have all those memories without the clutter of the trophies. I still run into teammates from time to time or old coaches, or oftentimes I see their faces pop up on Facebook. So I don't have to have the trophies to have those memories. As Gary and I are having this conversation, my oldest son commented on the group text and said, this boy loves his mom, but he definitely does not want those trophies. So here's how we compromised. I kept three of the trophies. Each of the boys has a box or two that I put mementos in, like school pictures, schoolwork. I have the outfit they wore home from the hospital when they were born. I have some of their baby shoes or maybe the blanket they had as a baby. So one day they'll open their box and it'll have lots of mementos from when they were younger. So boys, if you're listening to this, you can act surprised. They are also going to find one of mom's trophies from the mid-1980s in their box. They'll be able to remember that mom, at one point, was a baller in her days. Now, what would happen if you lost it all? What if you lost all of your possessions? Could you still find joy in your life? Or is your joy and worthiness defined by your possessions? Those are interesting questions to kind of explore. Here's something I want you to to listen to. Material possessions can become a spiritual stronghold in your life. Now, a spiritual stronghold could be God. It could be Jesus. A spiritual stronghold is something you believe in. It's your thought patterns. But we also have spiritual strongholds that are from the enemy, strongholds that are from the world, where the enemy is trying to lure us away from God and our relationship with him. So does your house, does your closet or your kitchen cabinets ever feel like they're closing in on you? Does it feel like it has power over you and your life is dictated by all of the stuff around you? 
A spiritual stronghold is anything that has power over you. Do your possessions have power over you? The fact that maybe you have too many or that you're always trying to buy the latest and the greatest. Here are some questions that you can ask yourself to know that, to find out if material possessions are a spiritual stronghold in your life. Do you feel the need to keep buying because material items bring you joy? Do you feel like you need to buy clothes, shoes, accessories, or furnishings from your home to get the approval of others? Do you look to material possessions to make you feel worthy and accomplished? Does clutter rule your life? Do you avoid going out or having people over or interacting with others because of the way that your house looks? Are you constantly scrolling on social media, on Amazon, or shopping online for the next perfect thing to buy in order to get that hit of dopamine so that you feel better? You may not realize it, but you do get a hit of dopamine when you buy something. And oftentimes we do that when we need an escape from life. And it's similar to overeating or over drinking. Maybe it's over shopping for you. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then maybe you have a spiritual stronghold with your material possessions. Once you have this awareness, do not worry. Do not beat yourself up. Here are three steps to release that stronghold. Number one, replace the shopping habit with something else like spending time with your family or only buy things in the store that you plan to purchase ahead of time. Use the time you usually spend scrolling on Pinterest or watching HGTV to call a friend. Play a game with your children or be present with those in your home. Our greatest blessings aren't the things around us, but the people around us. Material possessions come and go. They go out of style. They get broken. But the people in your life are God's greatest blessings. Make sure you appreciate them by being present in the moment with them. The second way that you can release a stronghold is by renewing your mind. Remind yourself that material possessions don't matter. Build up your spiritual wealth through prayer, adding in an extra mass during the week, praying the rosary, starting a novena, or even participating in a spiritual study. Fill your heart and soul with God instead of things of the world. Instead of focusing on what to buy next, maybe consider doing something instead, having an experience. Maybe it's a vacation. Maybe it's hiking. Maybe it's um, going to a museum. Whatever. Experiences give us as many or more memories than an item, than a possession. They can bring more joy than buying things just because you think you need them. And the third way to release a stronghold is by restoring your home. Be intentional with your environment and make sure that you're surrounded by things that bring you joy, things that are helpful and things that you like. The thought of cleaning up and getting rid of things can be overwhelming unless you start small. 
I can remember when we first started at my mother-in-law's house that first day, walking in and feeling completely overwhelmed because there was so much to do. There were so many closets and drawers and cabinets and things to go through. And you know what? If you're starting, if you have too many possessions in your house, this is where you'll start too. You might have thoughts like, this is too much. I can't do this. I'll never get through it. These thoughts are what keep you stuck and unable to make progress. Instead, try thoughts like, I can do this by cleaning out one drawer today. I can get through this mail and I'll go through one stack tonight. Instead of scrolling on Amazon, look to see, could you give away three pieces of clothing that you don't wear? Ask yourself, why are you holding on to items? What is the significance that they have in your life? If you have trouble letting go, ask a friend or a family member to help you. It is so easy to have tunnel vision about your possessions, but inviting a trusted person in to help, they can give you a different perspective. They can help you question why you want to hold on to things. They will help you release some of your possessions that you don't need so that you have more room, you have more freedom, you're able to let go of the overwhelm and the chaos in your life. I want to close with the book of Job. God allowed Job to be tested by Satan. Now Job loved God. God filled his heart. Job was still a very wealthy man with many possessions, but his focus was on God. This reading was one of the um, recent daily readings. And so when I came across it, I had to go back and read it a couple of times. This is a reading I've heard over and over and over again. And you may know the story of Job. But that day, it really hit home. Now, Job literally loses everything that he has accumulated in his life his material possessions, and his loved ones all in one day. It was his response at the end that convicted me. So here's the passage. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the older brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabians attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burnt up the sheep and the servants. I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the older brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. 
May the name of the Lord be praised. These final words in this passage, may the name of the Lord be praised. Job had lost everything, all of his possessions that he had worked for. He lost his loved ones, yet his focus was always on God. Maybe he was angry. Maybe he didn't understand why it happened, but he kept his focus on God. And that can be the problem with worldly possessions is that we take our eyes off God and turn to things that seem to sparkle and to catch our eye in the moment. I encourage you to pull out your Bible and prayerfully read through the book of Job. Ask God to reveal to you the things in your life that may be your idols and ask him to help you release them. Having this awareness is the first step. This will allow God to move in and to work in your life to release the stronghold that material possessions have over you. I promise, my friends, you will find more freedom and joy. You will learn to be in the present moment. You'll enjoy your family and friends without all of the clutter weighing you down. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, thank you for all of the blessings that you have given us. All of the blessings in material goods, and loved ones, and friends, We are so blessed. Lord, we thank you for the the blessings that we see, but also, Lord, the blessings that go unseen. We ask that you give us the strength and the courage to keep our focus on you, to look directly at you so that we don't place any material possession above you. We, Lord, ask for forgiveness that the times that we've turned away from you towards the world and towards accumulating things that will not bring us the same joy as a relationship with you. Please bless our families, our communities, our city, and our country. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, friends, stay happy, healthy, and holy, and I will see you next week. God bless. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyshawnwilliams.com. That is musicbyshawn, S-H-A-W-N, williams.com.